session with Dr. Farid Holakou. Good evening and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tolakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. Although today I'm going to have a focus for the program that I'll describe in a little bit, so it won't be the typical show. So I'll ask the callers, if they do want to call in, ask uh, questions or share stories related to the topic, which I'll introduce shortly. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program, and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcast on iTunes. Again, our studio number, 310-441-0555. Before I jump into things, first and foremost, wanted to um, thank everyone who both came to our celebration on April 14th, just this past Saturday, to commemorate and celebrate our fourth anniversary here at Radio Hamra at the Dolby Theater. So to everyone who came, I hope you had a good time and we had a great time, but also to everyone who helped to put the show together. As you can imagine, putting together a celebration and an event like that takes a lot of people and a lot of uh, hard work. And so we had a lot of people who were involved that made it uh, the night that it was. So thank you to everyone who was there and for those of you who could not join us, Jatun Khali, we missed you guys. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating many more years and we'll see you at the future celebrations. Um, and before I get into the book of the week for this past week, I wanted to announce the book for this week. It is Visual Intelligence by Amy E. Herman. Visual Intelligence, Sharpen Your Perception, Change Your Life by Amy E. Herman. I really don't know much about the book at all. It was at the bookstore the other day, and um, someone handed it to me, and it seemed interesting, and I, I thought it might not be a bad book to read, so I don't know what to expect. I mean, I know it's going to be about visual intelligence, but exactly what it's going to be like. So um, look forward to reading that and talking about it next week. But shifting gears to talk about the book from this past week, uh, and uh, and I said the show will be focused around the the book and the author and, and the story. Um, but the book for this past week was Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor by Bayan Azizi. Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor Memoirs of a Pediatric Brain Cancer Survivor. And uh, if you listened last week, I mentioned that very sadly, Bayan passed away um, on March 30th of this year, just a little over two weeks ago at the age of 28. And so it's with a heavy heart that I'm sharing this story in his book. And the focus will be on him and his book. And maybe if you want to share related stories, they can, but I want to make that the focus. So tonight's show is in Bayon's honor. That uh, And to anyone who wants to talk about him, who has memories about him, if you didn't know him, you can feel free to call in, uh, but I'll start the first part of the show talking about his book, which I had the opportunity to read this week, 
and then we'll go from there. Um, as I mentioned last week, I uh, have a regret when it comes to this book, and especially its author, and that regret is that I did not get the chance and give myself really the chance to have a relationship with Bayon. I got a message from him on my Facebook page back in, I believe it was September of last year, 2017, and I wrote back once, and when he responded, uh, I never got back to him. And so I definitely have some remorse and guilt about not connecting and communicating with him. And um, because of that, really, I know I missed out on an opportunity to get to better know this wonderful man. Uh, I do feel lucky that through reading the book, you feel like you get to know him, which was very nice. But uh, I know I didn't get the chance and uh, have regrets about that, that I did not pursue that more. Uh, and it's something that while reading the book definitely kept coming to my attention or I kept thinking about. So um, I, I'm regretful that I didn't get that opportunity, but I can't change that. So I'm happy that at least I can share his story and his book with those of you who are listening. And before I talk about the book, I was very pleased I got a friendly message from his mother, Nika, um, saying that she was happy I would be talking about his book. And she shared this, and she said, this is what he, Bayon, uh, shared regarding his book before he passed. I chose to write my book, mostly to share my story and give hope to others. I hope that the readers of my book will understand that no one should be limited just because of their disabilities. I would describe my book as a written testimony that no matter what position you're in, you shouldn't have to give up on yourself. Uh, and th those are very inspirational words, and the book uh, speaks to that same type of inspiration. So let me talk a bit about the book, but before I begin, my deepest condolences to Bayon's whole family, um, and that includes his mom, Nika, his father, Hassam, his brother, Ashkan, and his sister, Maya. I um, really am so sorry for your loss, and I know he dedicated the book to you guys, and I, I could see throughout the book how much, of course, you guys were part of that and how much you had to go through with him, um, but I'm very sorry for your loss and wish you the best during this, what I imagine is a very difficult time. Um, but this book is a memoir, and in that way, an intimate description of what Bayon and his family experienced, but from his own perspective, what he experienced getting diagnosed at nine years of age with a very, very rare brainstem tumor. And it was thought that if nothing was done, he might just have three months to live. But we know he lived, I guess, something like 18, 19 years, more than that which is really incredible. And you, we know that that was due to a lot of the amazing doctors and different professionals who helped him um, and Bayon's family, but also Bayon himself. And you, you see his perseverance, his resilience, and that um, drive to not give up, which is quite incredible. And the book, his story is inspirational when you read it, but then even that he wrote the book is inspirational itself. Um, because he had to type it with one finger. And so it took him uh, more than three years to type the book. And I'm sure, of course, going through revisions and all of that, it must have been quite a process. But you see that he was determined to tell his story and to share it with others. And 
despite the limitations that he might have had, he was not going to let them limit what he could do and what he wanted to do, which I think is is really incredible. But through the book, he shares what he went through and his family went through, feeling like something was not quite right about him, even though doctors were telling him things were okay. But things became more serious, and, and an MRI revealed that there was this brain tumor. And so throughout the book, you see this process, and honestly, it's heartbreaking, these constant and repeated struggles and setbacks that he had to experience and endure, um, and slowly losing some types of functioning. And at some point, for example, he had to have a tracheostomy, uh, which is basically having an opening in your throat where you can breathe through because his tumor was in the brainstem and the brainstem region controls lots of the automatic types of functions that we have, including things like breathing or swallowing. He was having issues with that. And on a personal note, it was interesting for me reading the part about the tracheostomy or tracheotomy because when I was three years old, uh, due to what appears to have been complications of asthma, I had to be in the ICU and I had a tracheotomy um, of course, nothing comparable to what Bayon had to go through, but I was in the ICU for 13 days, which is a lot, but compared to what he went through, I say only, and I still have the scar on my neck from that. So there was an interest, interesting connection for me personally when I read that part of the story, and, and it actually made me connect to myself and my own experience and reflect on that a little bit. So that was interesting um, for me, but seeing the things he had to go through and losing things like that... Uh, which included after the tracheotomy at some point, a tracheostomy, not being able to eat anymore. And so he would um, not be able to eat food the way we do. And you see in so many parts in the book, it's so sad imagining this young boy and they would go to places and have everyone is having delicious food and he could not have it. He could not eat it the way that uh, we do, but he had to just be around them. But that's just one of many hardships he had to overcome. Um, you see him losing some of his strength and ability to walk. And his perseverance in this regard is quite incredible that you see that despite all these setbacks and pains and difficulties, and sometimes even the doctors didn't think he'd be able to do certain things, but he pushed and persevered and was able to do so much uh, to keep walking or even be able to walk at times. Um, and for me, one of the most emotional parts of the book uh, that had me in tears was he was determined at his high school graduation. In a way, I'm jumping ahead um, because that's later in his life, about nine years, I guess, after he got the diagnosis. But he was determined that he was going to walk across the stage at his graduation. He didn't want to be in the wheelchair, and he was determined. And so he was working really hard and pushing himself uh, to do that, and he was meeting with so many people. Throughout the book, you also see him describe gratitude at the people who helped him, from various doctors to physical therapists, and even, for example, a friend named Allison in high school um, who would at times meet with him in the gym and, to, and do some of his physical therapy exercises that he needed to do to continue uh, his strength. And so, um, you hear about his graduation day and the fact that he persevered and you see him in the hospital for days and weeks and months and in the various places he had to live. Uh, one place called Canuck Place, 
which was kind of like a hospice type place for children, but not all the children necessarily were going to be dying, but going through difficult times and other places where he was very isolated. And you can feel a loneliness that although he had so much love and you can see how much his family supported him, but when you're going through something like he had to go through in some ways, some of it, you go through it alone. No one else can do that for you. And there's not much they can do at times. There's, so you feel that, which is heartbreaking. Also, this the periods of isolation, of being in a hospital for weeks or months and trying to entertain himself or keep himself occupied, which is heartbreaking. But we come to this point in his graduation that he persevered to be able to graduate, but then also to walk across the stage. And he gets to go backstage with his brother, Ashkan, and then he stands up and he walks across the stage. And as he describes it first, the rest of the graduating class stands up in a standing ovation and cheers for him. And then the whole auditorium stands and gives him a standing ovation because, of course, um, it was so inspiring to see someone who had gone through so much and was so determined. And, and that, to me, was one of the most meaningful or inspiring parts of the book, which was really amazing. Um, but yeah, you you know, I'm getting choked up talking about it again, but you see how much this young boy and then man had to go through. And it's very heartbreaking for me reading it. It's written in a very intimate, straightforward way. And so you feel like you're, it's hard to say, obviously, conversation because you're not talking back to him, but almost like he's talking to you and telling you his story and what he went through and all the details of things he went through, even really beautiful experiences like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, getting his whole family to go to Rome. And he describes that trip in detail, and it's really cool to see that uh, experience. Um, but you see these different things that he went through in his life, and you feel like you're there with him because he, his storytelling is very straightforward and uh direct and you feel like you're experiencing these details that he describes with him. Um, so in that way, I did get to feel like I knew him reading the book. So I hope you will read the book, um, which you can order online, me, myself, and my brainstem tumor by Bayon Azizi and get to see what he went through. But it's heartbreaking seeing these things that he had to experience and his family had to experience and the constant struggles and seizures, for example, that he would experience. Or at one point he experiences sepsis, which is like an infection in the blood. And I had to become familiar with a lot of medical things you get to see, which actually saying that even breaks my heart that this young child had to become familiar with so much um, that he had to go through. Uh, and so you see him going through all these struggles and you feel the pain. He'll sometimes talk about how hard something was, but then it's amazing how he'll quickly shift to, okay, but that was that. And then he was moving on. And in some interviews I saw him give or I read, you see that attitude that, okay, something happened, something is bad. It's like I saw in one of them, he said, it's water under the bridge, and then you, you have to move on and push forward and persevere. And so it's a story of a lot of pain and struggle uh, and illness and all of that, but it's also a story of inspiration, resilience, perseverance, keeping a positive attitude even when things seem really negative and as as i mentioned from what nika shared not letting yourself be limited by any disability whatever 
it might be. So reading his book also to me was, well, what's my excuse of not doing something when you see that this wonderful man wrote his book even with one finger? What's my excuse and what's all of our excuses of not pushing ourselves further and not accepting limitations and not putting limitations on ourselves um, when they really aren't there? So I'm very happy I got to read this book, as I mentioned before. I'm unhappy that I didn't get the chance to know him, but I'm glad I got to know him through the book, and I wanted to share his story with all of you. And I hope you will, will read this book, Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor by Bayon Azizi. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, the rest of the show will be devoted to him. So I, I, I'm more than happy to talk on my own because there's something more I wanted to share, but people can call in at 310-441-0555. Bayon John, tonight's show is dedicated to you. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Talakwi. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tonight I'm talking about the book Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor by the late Bayan Azizi, who passed away just a few weeks ago on March 30th at 28 years of age. And as I mentioned throughout the book, for me a theme that sticks out is this theme of resilience and perseverance in the face of challenges and obstacles. And you see him time and time again as a child. He got this diagnosis at nine years of age. And you see him continuing to persevere despite setbacks and different obstacles and painful, literally painful, but of course emotionally and psychologically painful as well experiences he has to go through um, and surgeries and recoveries. And it's a constant uh, onslaught essentially of things he's going through. But you see that positive attitude and him not giving up. And to me, that was very inspirational. So I wanted to continue uh, talking about Bayon's book, but continuing on this theme of perseverance, that I think we can be all inspired by him and what he went through and not forgetting that we always can continue to try. We don't have to give up or we should never give up on ourselves. Uh, Anyone who's listened to me and listens to me talk knows I'm not one for denying negative feelings. I'm very much about experiencing, connecting, and expressing our what we call negative feelings, but they really to me aren't negative because they are just our emotions, but things like sadness or anger and, and things of that sort. Um, and so we might think that means that if we're going to express those things, we, we're not keeping a positive attitude and persevering. At times we stay with them. And that's sometimes the mis- misconception people can have when you talk about being in touch with their feelings. You'll tell them that if you're feeling sadness, be sad. It's okay to be sad for a while or for a little bit. And they'll say, well, what, do you want me to just be sad forever and just cry in my room and not leave? No, although maybe you'll need a little bit of that. But the point isn't to dwell in the negative feelings or to keep ourselves there or to only stay there. The point is to experience them you know you have a setback and you can say oh this is tough this is hard we face the reality of it so it's not about denying it you face the reality that something was hurtful something was painful something was disappointing you maybe were disappointed in yourself maybe you're disappointed in someone else whatever that might be 
but we don't just stay there. The next step is to say, okay, well, what now? And throughout the book, you see Bayon doing that, that he experiences some kind of setback and he sometimes maybe resists it, but he'll at some point accept it. But then he says, okay, what can I do now? If I can't do this thing anymore, what will I do now? If I can't walk a lot of the times, okay, if I get a wheelchair, how can I make the best of that situation? And so he finds his new reality and he's faced with multiple new realities throughout this book because of the uh, continuing um, ways that he is affected by this tumor and the different treatments he has to go through. But then you see him find that new reality, accept the new reality, and then make the best of it. And so that's what we're all asked to do. And we all should be trying to do. What's my current situation? What's going on? And now what can I do and what should I do to make the best of it? Um, because there's that famous line from Nathaniel Brandon, who's written a lot about self-esteem, that nobody is coming. And so by that, it means if you're waiting on someone to solve your problems or to take care of things or to, to make you reach your goals or whatever it might be, nobody is coming. It is up to you. And I really like that sentiment. doesn't mean we can't support one another and we can't ask for help and support in different ways. But when it comes to actually making it happen, it is up to us. And so if there's anything in your own life as you're listening and you think, I can't do this or I've never done this or I've tried something 50 times and failed 50 times, I hope hearing the inspirational story of Bayon makes you think, well, I need to try a 51st time because this could be the one that actually works. If it didn't work 50 times, I didn't do it right 50 times and I can learn from those experiences and do it different this time. I mean, again, look at him. He wrote a book with all the physical limitations that he had because he was determined to share his story and that's exactly what he did. Give Putting in the time of over three years to type it, he was able to do that. So what's my excuse? What's your excuse? for not reaching our goal? What are the things we tell ourselves are our limitations? He really had some physical limitations that were indisputable, that there was no way around them, and yet he still persevered. But for so many of us, the limitations that we have, we've placed on ourselves. I can't do this, or what would so-and-so or people think if I did that? Or what if I failed? Or I could never do this or that. Most of the limitations that we experience, we're putting on ourselves. They're not things that actually exist. And it's about time for us to look at that for ourselves and think, okay, how am I limiting myself? What am I telling myself I can't do? And because of that, limiting what I'm actually able to accomplish. And we have to be able to own that, that it's up to us to do that. So I was incredibly inspired by Bayon story and reading it throughout the week, thinking about things in my own life or ways that I've given up maybe on some dream or some goal or not thought I could do something and made a limitation for myself. And I was incredibly inspired by that. So we accept the situation. We have to first face the reality. And that's a big part. And as I mentioned, many times he had to accept new, very harsh realities at times, and you could feel the sadness and he expresses them, but quickly he moved on. But first, when it comes to facing the reality 
uh, sometimes we don't want to look at ourselves or look at our lives or look at something that we're not happy about in our life. And we just want to focus on the goal. So this is why I'm, I'm all about setting goals and people sometimes do things like vision boards or visualizing things. And I'm actually very big on visualizing your goals. Um, and that's great, but we sometimes get obsessed or focused with the goal, but we don't actually look at our current reality and our current situation, which we need to do to better understand where we are to then figure out where we want to go. So one way of talking about that is if you're trying to end up at some location, you need to know where you're starting at to know the directions to get there, to know the path. Or another way of looking at that, I like the analogy of thinking if your car has stalled, if your car broke down somewhere and it's supposed to be somewhere else. So you say, okay, my car broke down in Irvine. I needed to be at my house in Los Angeles. And you don't want to look at where it is now. And you just want to focus on, I need it in Los Angeles. I need it in Los Angeles. There's no way to tow the car from Orange County, from wherever it started to get it to your house. You have to accept and face where you are now, own that this is you, and then you can do the work to get to that goal. But if we don't want to look at ourselves, we can't get there. And not wanting to look at ourselves often comes from our own judgment. Maybe we've internalized it from somewhere else, but now we've have that. We have to own that this is our judgment now, that we don't want to look at whatever it is about us that we're currently unhappy about. Because I don't want to see that, I just want to focus on the goal and the result. But we have to first focus on who we are and accept and even love that. We can't hate ourselves in this current state and try to create something else or make a goal. We have to love ourselves now and try to create something better. Uh, Carl Rogers has a famous quote where he says, the curious paradox is that only when I accept myself as I am, then can I change. Until I actually accept me now, will I actually be able to make the positive changes and go forward? And so he says it's a curious paradox because usually when we think of this word acceptance, we kind of add to it this idea of resignation, meaning that we're giving up at that point. I'm accepting that this is where I am and where I'm going to be. But just the first part is true. I'm accepting where I am and I see that and I can even love that, but I'm going to work harder to create something else. I can move forward from that. And now that I see what I am and love what I am, I can actually make that change. And so throughout his story that Bayon shares with us in his book, Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor, you see him have these experiences where the setback seems horrible. It seems so difficult. And if we try to put ourselves in his shoes, I'm sure a lot of us think we probably wouldn't be able to handle it. But you see him accept his new reality, accept what he's going through, and then make the best of that situation. And that's what's really inspiring about his story amongst many of the things that he did. Um, so we are asked to look at our lives and see, what can I do better? How can I make the best of myself? And that's what I think Bayon does throughout the book and in his life, where you see that he wrote this book, he finished high school, he went to starting, I know he went to college, I don't know exactly how far he went or what he did in regards to that, but he was never giving up on that. You see him going through these incredibly difficult treatments and recoveries, but still focused on his schoolwork and asking to have it sent to him. Or when he was going back to school, although he was so 
limited at times physically in what he could do, making sure that he did everything he could to continue and to get to the point where he could graduate with his classmates, which is really incredible. Um, so if you want to be inspired, I'd recommend reading this book uh, by Bayon Azizi to see what true inspiration looks like, what not giving up looks like, what persevering looks like, and not letting anything limiting you, whether it's a physical disability or a limit that you've placed on yourself in your own head or that someone else has placed in your head and now you're accepting as a truth, as your reality, accepting that you can push through those limits and that you aren't uh, as limited as you think you are. And so I was very inspired by this book and seeing everything he was able to overcome. And uh, the final for me, there's inspiration in reading his book, but then there's inspiration that he wrote the book itself that is quite incredible. Um, so again, tonight's show is dedicated to the author of the book, Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor, Bayon Azizi. And we're going into our last commercial break. In the last segment, I'm going to touch on all the people that supported him and cared for him and gave him love and maybe a message that's in there for all of us to keep in mind. Again, we're, we're talking about Bayon Azizi, author of the book, Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor. You are listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tolokwi. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, now, I am very pleased to say that I have a, a nice surprise to uh, tell you about. Bayon's mother, Nika, was listening and has called in, and so she wanted to come on the air. This was not planned but I'm so happy to be able to do that. So let me bring her on the air. Uh, Nika, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you so much for calling. And this is Nika, Bayan Azizi's mother. Um, thank you so much for calling in. And I hope you're happy with what I've been able to share. But really, whatever I say would not be enough to describe how inspirational your son was, is, and will continue to be for so many people. So thank you so much for calling. I wanted to thank you to give us, uh, for giving us this opportunity to uh, share my own story with others. Uh, and um, perhaps uh, maybe there are many people don't know that Bayon has also was working on another book. Mm. And uh, uh, it was a book uh, on, uh, again, uh, helping others, giving hope to others. And listening to the section where you were mentioning uh, acceptance i just would like to share uh, part of uh, sure. a, a couple of paragraphs paragraphs from the book that he wrote uh, and uh, in regards to acceptance sure. um, so if you allow me to read it yes uh, please and i mean before uh, you before you do that if i could just say and you mentioned this to me as we got to talk very briefly during the commercial break um, but i think that it's so amazing just writing this book that i read I was so inspired that he did that, but to hear that he was working on another book itself is so inspirational, but I would love to hear what he was writing. So yes, please go ahead whenever you're ready. For sure. Uh, so he um, quoted uh, William James, where he said, acceptance of what has happened is the first step to overcoming the consequence of any misfortune. And to this, Bayon wrote, 
I have a few of these circumstances going on in my life that I'm not particularly a fan of, and I would wholeheartedly wish that I could change them, but I can't. Having had three major brain surgeries in my pediatric years wasn't easy either. They all changed my life significantly, but they had to be done no matter what. So I can't really complain about them too much. Mm. I really didn't have a choice with being diagnosed with a tumor in my brainstem. But unfortunately, I was, and I pretty much have to live with such a complex medical condition. Being wheelchair-bound is one of my adversities, and I have an and uh, I can use as an example. It wasn't my first choice. It wasn't even up to me at all. But it is something that comes as part of my condition, and I can't, and it can't be changed no matter what. Hmm. Having a significant brain injury did change my life considerably, but it didn't necessarily put an end to it. I knew I would have to sacrifice some part of everyday life, but I tried not to let that affect me too much. I made a real effort to live my life to its fullest potential, despite everything that was holding, holding me back. And now I am happy to say that I'm enjoying my life despite having some restrictions. Mm. I have a solid part-time job. I like to get out of the house as much as I can. I have written two books, and I am an active participant in numerous organizations. I enjoy my life just like anyone else does. And it all started by me accepting everything that could not be changed in my life. Wow, that that's um, it takes taking me a minute or two probably to process all of that. There was so much uh, in there, so much wisdom in there, um, and I, I'm almost I, I'm speechless, which is very rare for me. But I, I just amazed that um, and Amir, who's here in the studio with me, he's in tears too, just hearing what your wonderful son said that I think all of us, of course, unfortunately for him, what he experienced, almost none of us have to go through, but our own challenges, whatever they are, it does give put them in a new perspective when you hear that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Gosh, is there any, is, is the book going to be published? We are hopefully going to be, uh, yes, for okay. sure we will do, we will have it published Uh uh, the other the publisher of the first book, uh, they have approached us and they would like uh, to uh, to help this, uh, you know, be published and make a, a realization for Bayon. Good. Oh, honor Bayon. So oh, his, yeah. his legacy will continue. I'm, I'm sure it will. And I, I think well, he deserves for his book to be published, but also... The people, I don't want to say maybe deserve, but would be blessed to have that and also get to he read more of his writing. So I hope that does happen and that you'll keep us posted on that.
that whole process, which I'm sure won't be easy, but I hope you guys can make that happen because I'd want to read the rest of what, what he had to say, uh, too. Yes. And I, I haven't read the manuscript yet, so I'm mm. looking forward to reading it and uh, having the, the book published for everyone to, to read. Yeah, I hope you guys do, and I can imagine that must be uh, someone mixed feelings come up in reading his his work i can imagine i i can only imagine what your the whole time I, I mentioned to you i was just thinking about you and your family and how much you guys had to go through of course him the most um but even still today or the, you know recently with his loss i can only imagine the pain you guys have had to experience so i really do appreciate you calling in in those circumstances to, to talk to us about uh him and sharing more about him and i want to keep you as long as you feel comfortable talking because I'm sure people would, would be very happy to hear more about him, more about the family, um, anything you, you would want to talk about. So it's up to you. So there is one sentence again from Bayon uh, that he quoted, Natalie Goldberg, um, that I think you'll be good to, to share with everyone. And the quote says, this is your life. And this is one of uh, Bayon's favorite uh, quotes. And it's, it goes like, this is your life. You are responsible for it. You will not live forever. Hmm. Don't wait. Hmm. That, that is a very powerful quote, and we can see that he did live by that. He did not wait. He did. And he was. He did not. He, no. he made him. He was responsible for his life, and what a life he, he lived. Um, well, that is a beautiful quote. I actually had not heard that. That is really nice. And you know, in reading the book, even I was amazed at how much, how active he still was, and also at all these wonderful organizations that he would mention that were helpful. And for example, sailing for people who had disabilities, or hiking for people who had disabilities. But that he was so involved, and I'm sure you guys were a part of that too. But he really was li living his life to the fullest, despite the limitations that he had, which I thought was really quite incredible and inspirational. Yes. One thing that uh, I would like to share with everyone mm -hmm. is that, you know, the power of love and the power of unity, it really uh, moves the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, as, a, as being Bion's mom, mom, I feel very honored to have had uh, uh, this chance to be in this journey with Bion and everybody that supported Bion. Uh, and... Uh, having Bayon with us for 19 years of uh, this journey, it was really a miracle. And mm. as hard as it is uh, not having him with us, uh, it's, it was an honor to, to be Bayon's mom. And I'm very thankful to everybody that was part of Bayon's life. Well, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm, again, I can only imagine the pain you're, you're going through now. But I can also imagine how what it was must have been like to to be with him through that journey because he, he was such an incredible man based on what I've been able to learn about him and in reading his book and I really liked what you said that power of love was something I was going to focus on this last segment but having you on is far better than anything I could have said myself but um, that you see throughout his journey himself being very loving and you feel that in him but also the love he received from so many people who were helping him in various ways, whether they were doctors and physical therapists, nurses, you guys, family, friends, classmates, 
Um, and, and that was really beautiful and a touching, I think, theme that you feel throughout the book is this feeling of love and care that people had and seeing the impact it had on him. And for me, I always try to tell people that a lot of times we're given a choice and we have a few choices of what we can do. And if we can always choose the loving path, you'll never regret what you do. When you show love to someone, when you do something in a loving and kind way, you're never going to regret those things when you look back. And if anything, you're going to be so happy that you did that. And I'm sure all those people, and of course you guys included, who showed so much love to Bayon will never regret giving him that love and will feel so honored that they were able to show that kindness to him because he deserved it and 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 they feel better for that. So I'm so happy you shared that message because to me, that theme of love you feel throughout the book. Yes. Yeah. Is there any, we have just a few minutes left of, is there anything you'd like to say, maybe how you would like uh, your son Bayon to be remembered? How to uh, a very caring, loving individual, an altruist that always thought about all the others first. Uh, and to his last last moment, he he wanted to help others. Uh, so uh, that I would mm-hmm. like. Uh, for everyone to remember Bayon as a loving, kind, altruist individual Hmm. that always had hope and wanted to give hope to to everyone and always looked at the positive in life. Yeah, and I I think he's given hope to, to many of us and I can definitely speak for myself, given me hope and inspiration that I'll carry with me and, uh, Again, I'm so grateful that you called in. This was not planned that I, I was even, you know, in sharing his story, I was hoping you guys would be happy with that. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that you guys are. But, but I hope people will go and read his book. And, and, and if you read his book, also try to live his book. And by that, I mean, be inspired by it. And what you just said, be loving to those around you, but also sharing those quotes you mentioned we're responsible for our lives and it's up to us to live it we won't live forever none of us will but it's up to us to make the most and the best of those years that we're given both in what we do and what we accomplish but the love we share with those around us and really everyone in the world the love that we can share to the world is really what we will measure our life with and it's up to us to do that so thank you again so much for calling in and my deepest condolences to you and your whole family and everyone who was affected by the loss of this wonderful man, your son, Bayan Azizi. Thank you. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts mm. for uh, dedicating this show to Bayon. It's, it's and been hopefully my pleasure. we'll cross our paths again. Yes, I hope so. And, and please, uh, first of all, it was, it's been an honor to dedicate to read his book to share his book and to dedicate tonight's show to him and please um, i hope our our paths do cross and for sure let us know if and when that book does get published so i can share that um, with all the listeners and make sure people get to read that as well will do will do thank all you all so. the best thank I you all the best uh, you too thank you have a good thank night you. Thank you. Yes. so that was nika thank you so much for for calling Bayon. Azizi's mother and um, 
in these circumstances. Bion just passed on March 30th to, to call and was very kind. And I appreciate her sharing that with us, especially um, his upcoming book and some excerpts from that. But again, Bayon Azizi lived a very full life in the 28 years that he had. He faced way too many pains, physical, emotional, uh, medical hardships that he had to experience. But through them all, he was really an inspiration. And I hope you'll read his story in Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor. And also, as I said, to live his book, not just read it. And being loving to those around you, supporting anyone you can, and also making sure we all live our life to the fullest. So in honoring Bayon, I think, to me at least, I could have asked his mother this, but for me, it's living your life to the fullest, not limiting yourself, doing everything you can to live to that full potential. Because as he mentioned in that quote that he likes, we don't live forever. We're only given one life and we're responsible for what we do in it. So it's up to all of us to make the best and the most of it. So a big thank you to Nika, Bayon Azizi's mother, for calling. And again, my deepest condolences to Bayon's whole family and everyone affected by his loss. And I hope you will read his book and please tell me what you think. Me, Myself, and My Brainstem Tumor, Memoirs of a Pediatric Brain Cancer Survivor by Bayon Azizi. Thank you, Bayon, for sharing this book with all of us. All right. That's the end of tonight's show. Thank you again for Nika for calling in. Thank you to Amir here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tulakwi. Have a wonderful night.